Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. There's nothing like standing in hats? line at the UPS as people are... No, no hats. I thought we you gave didn't, away you didn't some give of those, me, the bagel hats. No, I'd already sent this in the mail. These are yes. these are individually packaged uh, bags of liquid IV. Oh, doesn't look suspicious at all. Nice. And some, various uh, yeah. loose underpants. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So I had... Time off. Thanks, Nigel. I had time <laughs> Loose off. Loose underpants. <laughs> and I, I was going to go play golf in the beach. I played on Thursday, played 11 holes on Friday before torrential rain, and that was it. Came home Saturday because I didn't want to come home in the rain on Sunday, and that was it. I was done. Yes. Was I, I called you on Friday. You, you pulled a caddyshack. You were on the 17th picking a ball out of a bunker. Right. <laughs> I hit two balls on my third shots. I hit two into the bunker, left bunker picked him up and came in because it was started to rain and it was significant rain not just drizzle rain With frogs jumping out of the cups <clears throat> it was difficult <laughs> it was difficult um so what did i all right so i want to go over a couple of things here maybe we did this and maybe we didn't it's a long time ago and by a long time ago it's november 21st 2022 and That's... i don't know why i had this if i hadn't not read it my name is tim murphy i'm a 35 year old maryland native i'm writing to you on behalf of my dad kevin an insurance agent in Mount Airy, Maryland. My dad is, I believe, the most loyal little in your fan base. He's a longtime listener and viewer, and he loves your books. Whenever he calls or writes into your show and gets any sort of on-air acknowledgement, we all hear about it. He never misses a show. You're always referred to as Mr. Tony in his presence. My dad is one of the most personal people, personable people I know as such. He seems to be able to find connections to you everywhere he goes. Sometimes he's networking and he meets up with fellow Littles. Most recently, I mentioned Jimmy Buffett's escape to Margaritaville was going to Toby's Dinner Theater in Columbia, Maryland, which led to, do you know who created that? Greg Garcia. Do you know what Greg Garcia used to do? My dad loves you and your work. Would it be possible to get your autograph for him? If you could make it out to Kevin, that would be amazing, but I appreciate anything you can do. Your career continues to enrich my dad's life. Thank you for that. Is this good enough? I hope. This is so much better than a dopey signature. It's a, it's a you can warm. play this over and over and over yeah. and over again. So hope that works out. Signatures fade over time. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's the golf ball. Oh, um, Nigel was here yesterday, and so Nigel knows that this is true, what I'm about to say. Uh, we got this letter, a couple of emails, a couple of... This? No, I'm going to get to that. Okay. From Jack O., the sports editor of Pipe Dream. At Binghamton. <laughs> That's right. That, yes. So I called him. Like this, so we got this on April 24th, right? And he sends it into the mailbag. And he says, look, I'd like to speak to you about your career and BU athletics. If you're willing, the interview would take about 30 to 45 minutes and could be conducted via Zoom or on the phone if that's easier for you. I'm happy to work around your schedule. I understand you're very busy, so I really appreciate your time. Let me know if this is something you'd be interested in and feel free to email or give me a call and he gave me his number to ask any questions you might have. Why don't you explain what I did? So, it was, yeah, it was Sunday afternoon, sitting with Tony. He says, we're going to call this kid. Let's call the kid. Not give him any heads up notice. No, nope. that's, call, call that's his move. And this is his shot. Yeah, let's call the kid. <laughs> so, And the kid, and I can hear over the phone, the kid sort of answering, 
very confused. Like, oh my gosh, this is Tony. A college kid on a Sunday, mid-afternoon. <laughs> yeah. You woke him up. Right, right. exactly. Right. And you said, you know, I, I can't give you 45 minutes, but I'm ready to talk. Well, here I am right now. You ready you to go? Me? You ready to go? Let's go. I was betting heavily that he was going to say, no. give me five minutes. No. I need to get myself no, organized. No, no minutes. And to this young fellow's credit, yeah. he dove right in yeah. and, and had a, a, a lovely chat with you. For, for about 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, about 10, 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. And was deeply appreciative. Yeah. So I told him. I said afterwards, I'm, I'm interested in your career. Feel free to bring me up to date. Let me know. I mean, I gave him the advice that I give everybody, which is do not email anybody. Knock on the yes. door. Yes. Present yourself in person if you want something. Do not email. Do not text. Present yourself in person. So he then said to me, so yeah, because he wants to try and, and get on a newspaper or something like a newspaper, maybe a radio, television, whatever. And he said, can I call you at this number? I said, no. <laughs> no, you cannot call me at this number, yes. Jack. But yeah. you can email me, and yes. I'll get back to you. Yes. And he probably doesn't believe I'll get back to him, but I will. Well, well, now, you yeah. know this, right? Yeah, and I was, I was surprised that he had the, uh, the stones to just say, hey, I'm going to call you back. It's okay, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but then I was thinking, professionally, I'm sure a lot of people that you meet in... In the sports business like that, they just trade on cell phone numbers, and it's sort of, you know, it's your calling card. And the the truth is, even though you said, don't call me back, you're serious when you say, I will get back to you. Yeah, yeah no, which I do to it. me is so 100%. much more valuable. I do yeah. it. I yeah. do it. Um, but okay. it was a great moment when you said, well, can I reach you on this number? No. <laughs> so can you just describe the golf ball mystery? Someone sent us pictures of a golf ball with my name on it. Yes. A pro V1X. Jason Tabor. Uh, sent us, uh, yeah, the found Tony, it in Cooperstown. Found it in Cooperstown and said, "I found your ball." And I and I said, "I, I don't recall ever hitting that ball." Right. Now, I don't recall having golf balls like that. Yeah. I certainly did not get them for myself, and I I do recall when people personalize golf balls for me, and I don't recall that. Right, Michael? You yeah. Normally, every two years, you get a different message, uh, but it's yeah. something you have a, a recognizable name. So if someone's whacking golf balls with your name all over town, you'd like to know about it. Okay. Exactly. From William Anderson. For... <laughs> From William Anderson. I heard someone found a Kornheiser number 48 golf ball. I was laughing hysterically as I listened to the podcast walking home from my local grocery last night. I can tell you how that ball came to rest on the leather stocking golf course. There are actually more Kornheiser number 48s to be found up there, as well as several courses on Long Island. This is a story of generosity, gratitude, and a questionable decision made by Nigel. Oh. Yes, Nigel. My beautiful <laughs> wife out. and I awoke early on the day, July 15, 2022. Today was a big day. Today was the day I would unleash the Tony Kornheiser number 48 golf balls on the Leatherstocking golf course. My daughter Olivia had been dating Anthony for a while, and we hadn't met his parents yet. This was the weekend. They're big baseball fans. They own several small businesses in Cooperstown. They generously put us up at their railroad hotel, which they built by restoring an old building. It's a great place to stay. They also own the Wax Museum and Gift Shop and the Home Plate Cafe. They're rolling in it, kids. I mean, everybody goes there, and everybody sits there. They must know Kirchin. They must know oh, Kirchin. Yeah. They treated us to dinner after golf on the upper terrace of the Otisaga Hotel, which is so great. Truly spectacular views over the lake. We were very thankful and grateful for their generosity. The Tom Turkey dinner. Yeah. After breakfast, that's a long story. After breakfast at the Railroad Hotel, Anthony drove me to the nearby Leatherstocking Golf Course, one of the top five public courses in New York. Oh, I played it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. When we arrived at the first tee, I unzipped my golf bag, and there they were, the Kornheiser number 48s. I didn't say anything to my foursome, but when we arrived at our drives, we had to identify our balls. Titleist 1, Callaway 3, Kornheiser number 48, <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> 
Tony, for that day, you were not only a famous TV personality, you were also a sporting goods brand. Everyone was amazed at the distance I got with the Kornheiser 48s, as well as the control and accuracy around the green. I don't remember how many balls I lost, but I know I was on the edge of water on 16, probably barely in the water on the front of the 17th green, and then came 18. My Kornheiser 48 cleared the lake and actually went through the fairway and into the trees. I thought I was safe, but that one was lost as well. Had to try another drive over the lake. That one fell short. Splash. Two balls lost on 18. Why in the world do I have Kornheiser 48 golf balls? Good question. Earlier in 2022, I sent you guys original music by our other daughter, Ava Anderson. You aired her songs in only a few days. I was so impressed and thankful that I immediately wanted to send Tony a thank you gift. But the guy has everything he wants, except enough golf balls, I thought. I ordered these from the PGA Superstore, and they arrived in about a week. The 48 is your birth year. Yes, it is, according to Wikipedia. Yes, it is. I wrote to Nigel and told him when I had done and asked for an address I could use to ship the balls to you. But Nigel said, eh, just keep them and enjoy them yourself. I thought, wow, Tony does have everything he needs. He doesn't even need extra golf balls. I respect your privacy, so I didn't push. But then I thought, what am I going to do with 12 Tony Corners and 48 golf balls? Ah, Tony loves Cooperstown. Save them for Cooperstown. See the email message from Nigel below. Thank you, Nigel. William Anderson, a Tennessee vol on Long Island. And it says from Nigel, hey, use them and use them well, or at least have fun. Well, Nigel, in a brief moment of extreme gratitude, I bought a dozen, and that's what it said. And thank you for helping Ava. And that is the story. That is our story. And then you write to Bill. It was our pleasure. Ava is tremendously talented. We love having our music. No need to send us anything. And it just, this goes back and forth with your emails with him. Yes. Because I knew I didn't have these, and I knew I didn't hit them. And now I know the mystery. And who, who picked them up? Jason? Jason Tabor. Yes. So, I mean, that was a conundrum. I didn't hit him. <laughs> I didn't hit him in the water, too. But I didn't hit him. If you go him. to the Otisaga website and click uh, under their golf tab, I showed this to Nigel, you'll see the, the hole-by-hole description of the, the peril of the, uh, the 16, 17, 18 water that across, I tried to Because you're across, you're across, you across the way. Yeah, lots of water. At that point. Yeah. You know. But so, did you see the fracas that broke out on a golf course this past weekend? Uh, Carl Ravage emailed it to me. I didn't watch all of it, but, but a couple of foursomes got in a fight. Yeah, I guess it was a slow play issue. And well, and they, well, the, the the group behind came uh, up and started really getting verbal and then pushing around and then they, the the I guess the group in front was like you've been hitting balls this whole day <laughs> and then there was lots of curse words and then there was actually fight it was a fight and then like five minutes into it then the ranger just shows up and says where have you been this has all been going on where have you been but yeah not something you expect on a golf course yeah. No, but slow play is bad. Yeah, it drives people nuts. Slow play is bad. You yeah. know, you if, if I owned the golf course and there was slow play, I would walk out with a checkbook <laughs> and I would say, how much money did you pay to be initiated into this golf club? <laughs> I'm writing you a check. Get off this course and never, ever walk here again. Yes. Slow play is the worst, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charge based on how long it takes you to play. <laughs> One more. It's from Tony Beeson. As I'm sure you remember, this year marks the 50th anniversary of the New York Knicks NBA championship in 1973. Dave DeBusher, Clyde Frazier, Earl of Pro Monroe, Senator Bill Bradley, Willis Reed, list goes on and on. What a team. Here's my dad's story as regards one of the team members and his amazing memory. This was the second and last championship team for the Knicks, second and last one. Jerry Lucas. Jerry Lucas was a college player of the year a number of times at Ohio State, was a national champion once. Lost to Cincinnati once, lost to somebody else once. Jerry Lucas, age 82 now, was from the northern suburbs of Cincinnati in Middletown, Ohio. Back in the 1970s, my dad attended a taping of the Bob Braun Show, a popular daytime program on WLWT News Channel 5. 
Jerry Lucas was a guest that day and put his memory on display. And Jerry Lucas had taught memory with a guy named Harry Lorraine for years and years and years and years. I remember that. When he went through the entire studio audience and introduced himself to each person. At the end of the show, 20 minutes later, he named every audience member individually, (laughs) having just met them as strangers. I've seen him do this. Here's the kicker. My dad randomly ran into Jerry Lucas again years later. Lucas looked at my dad in the eye, stuck out his hand, and said, You're Lewis Beeson. Nice to see you again. <laughs> That's remarkable. How memory works like that is beyond me. By the way, have you seen my car keys? Tony Beeson. <laughs> Cincinnati. Okay. Oh, we, love Tony. Right, we will have Michael Wilbon when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This comes to us from Mike Steinel called Traveling Light. He says, I've listened to PTI for years, but only recently discovered the podcast. What was I thinking? I never miss. Me? Retired jazz professor dabbling in songwriting fiction, saving Charlie Parker, Dorn's books and Audible, and a Dylan tribute band. Hope you enjoy the music. I did it all in my home studio. Do all the instruments, vocal, lead and backup. How talented is this guy, Mike Steinle? <laughs> How talented is this guy? It's pretty good. Go to the end of the show now and listen to this. It's brilliant. Just brilliant. It's called Traveling Light. Plays in Michael Wilbon. It's a million things to talk about with Wilbon. A million things. Um, including the basketball, including the Bears pick at nine. But I think we have to start with a story that I know is not going to get the play it deserves because hockey is not football. It's not baseball. It's not even basketball. It's not. The Bruins went out, Mike. They lost yep. three games in a row, two at yeah. home. They were yeah. up 3-2 yesterday. They went out. I, I watched it. I watched a chunk of it. I watched a lot of it. The sad thing, I couldn't watch overtime because I was getting on a plane. And, um, you know, it was two. First of all, they were down 2 nothing. Yeah, came back. They were down 2 nothing. They, they, they roared back. And you, even at 2 nothing, I kept thinking, the Bruins are going to win this game. This is, you know. Uh, and, and Tony, the irony, of course, is that one of many ironies are playing the Panthers, who were the President's Trophy uh, winners last year. This is why a couple of weeks ago when the series started, I said to you on television, this is a bad matchup for the Bruins because these other yeah. guys know the pressure yeah. the Bruins are under because they folded well, under it. Well, but, but you also took the Bruins and I, I did. took the field. I did. I took the field because I, because I you know, I've seen this. Um, I, you know, the, the last team to lead the league in, in, in points of, you know, a regular season and win the Stanley Cup with the Blackhawks by Blackhawks in 2013. So it's been 10 years yeah. since the team did it. 
everybody else goes out early. So, Tony, out of the 36 uh, teams that have had this honor, only eight have won the Stanley Cup. I think. I but think this had this team had the greatest stop. regular season ever. ever. Yeah. Well, so did so, so did the Seattle Mariners. Yes. So what? Uh, well, well. I mean, so did the Golden State Warriors. Yep. Like Seventy three. Yep. So you at know, least they got to the finals. The Golden State Warriors. These they guys did. They did. First they did. round. First round. Yeah, but the, the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs are the hardest. I agree with that. The, the hype of it, which is it's the hardest trophy to win. I, I think I do believe that. It just so the factors, the factoring in of goaltending and how it disproportionately affects the series is what you you just have to pay attention to and. uh I watched a lot of hockey this weekend. I, you know, in the old days, Tony, when I was when I would go to everything like some kind of maniac, I was across the street from Game Six of uh, of Kings Oilers, and I would, I, I you know, I, I should have walked across. I can't. I'm not even walking right yeah. now. I wish I could have seen that in person, but I watched a lot of that series. I was glad Edmonton won. I've been rooting for them. Uh, what else did I watch besides Bruins? Colorado Bruins. is the defending Stanley Cup champs. They're out. Yeah, they're yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. These things would on the same day. So, the defending champs and the greatest regular season team ever are out first round. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the thrill of those playoffs. Yeah. Which every you know every every sport has its own flavor uh, with its postseason, and so. <sighs> Yeah, I I, I I I decided to watch a lot of it this past weekend. I'm glad I did. Oh, just uh, that's it's it's a big deal story. All right, yes. Bears pick at nine. Did they get value for the number one? In your opinion, I don't know about value. I think that they got <laughs> they got a guy that I I told you that you know once the Bears had a number one pick and I got into actually studying the draft eligible people. Uh, players more than I had since I was covering college football, that there were, you know, there were there were six or seven people that I would have been thrilled to take at one. Uh, and I had one at nine once he traded out. And this kid is one of the, the linemen from Tennessee who's okay. a monster. Okay. Who just pancakes people. I mean, it looks like Orlando Pace. I mean, he oh. may not be that highly rated, but he's he's a beast. And they, they got him, and I love that for Justin Fields. To have somebody they're going to put apparently at right tackle and just leave him there. Day one, he goes in. He's a starter tomorrow. Well, so, that, so there are positions, that. the offensive and defensive line positions, you draft for the next day, not the next year. That's right. You know, that's right. Not they the go, next they year. They go in in yeah. some cases. That's right. So this kid, I don't care what Mel and you know Todd, I don't care what they think. They, and their whole thing was, well, he, he wasn't as high as on our board, I could give a damn about their board. <laughs> After reading a bunch of stuff, uh, and and actually, you know, talking to you know, I, I mean, I know some coaches at my own institution, my own alma mater. Who, who, I mean, we had we had a kid the Bears could have taken. Peter Skoroski went the next pick, uh, and there are people who think he's the best lineman in the draft. Uh, he did not go, and I would have been. Fine taking them, but I like the kid we got from Tennessee. Okay, and then you know I was I was a I was a draft geek for my team. Right, I don't care who everybody else took, uh, but in studying who my team should take, you know the, the Philadelphia Eagles took Jalen Carter, 
who at one point I was just hell-bent on the Bears taking. But his off-the-field stuff and sort of the way he conducted himself, I didn't want him. I just didn't. And, again, you know, Mel and Todd were of the, well, Philadelphia took him wide in the Bears. Philadelphia's got a veteran team. And on that team, in that locker room, it, he, half of them from Georgia, he can exist. I don't want we don't have We don't have a veteran team. We got a team of people who still need pacifiers. We don't need him. Don't want him. I don't. And right. so, you know, this draft is one that I actually at the top of it. Not even at the top. You know, there were people throughout the fourth and fifth round. I was glad we took. So anyway, I'm happy today with the draft. Yeah. It doesn't mean since the draft is unknowable, I'm going to be happy with it come, you know, uh, 18 months from now. We'll see. All right, let me get to the basketball. I'll get I, – all right, let me just get rid of the Knicks. I don't want to hear about the Knicks. Don't talk to me about the Knicks. I mean, I watch that. Don't, so don't, don't talk to me. skeptical about the Knicks. Well, they were missing allegedly their best player. They weren't. Their best player played. and couldn't hit a three, but he otherwise had a terrific game because that's what he does. Well, wait, Miami's missing four guys. Miami was They're missing. not missing their best player. They're not missing their best player. They're not. Don't worry about four guys. They're not missing their best player. You know, as T. Lou said, in this sport, if you miss your best player, he's missing his two best players, you're done. So I don't care about four guys. I don't care about Tyler Hero. They got Jimmy Butler. Who who did not basically play the last five minutes. But they didn't need him because they were up by 1,000. He was a decoy. Yeah, it was up by 1,000 at that point. He couldn't walk. They don't have Tyler Hero. They don't have Victor Oladipo. They didn't have Kevin Love. There's three guys that are in the, the major rotation playing over 20 minutes a game. Yeah, but, but Kevin Love is not badly hurt. I mean, Kevin Love. I'm just yeah. saying he didn't play, right? Well, he didn't, that, then that's coach's decision. He, right. They didn't have Tyler Hero, and they don't have Victor Oladipo. And by the way, they didn't have those two guys for the last series. And that's they right. the number one. And you know so, why? Because they are coached by a really great coach. They're coached by a really great coach, and they have their best players. Let's not, get, That's let's right. not confuse these okay. two sports, football and basketball. Uh, no, no. You don't have your best player in basketball. Your ass is going out. Milwaukee, they didn't have yeah. them for two and a half games. That's right. And they don't care how great your coach is. They don't care. If they don't have Jimmy Butler, they're out. That's right. Jimmy Butler's the story on that team. 100%. 100%. And Let's get to the other game. Too, as great as he is. Let's get to the other game. It's a huge win by the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. The Warriors went out, yeah. and they won game five and seven on the road. They stink on the road. They were 11 and 32 on the road. Yeah. They yeah. went into the, are they the three seed or the two seed? The three seed. They went into the three, three seed's house. Really they went into, uh, you know, feel the power, light the lamp, whatever that junk is. Light the, the beam. Baby. Light, light the, the beam, beam. And take that beam and shove it. Because the Warriors <laughs> well, went in there and they won yeah. twice. They one won the twice, was, Mike. Right? One of the things, Steph Curry, after he got to 50, Steph Curry's walking up the court and he goes, they can't close. And he goes, yeah. Like that beam. <laughs> yeah. It was so dismissive of the baby face assassin who people don't associate with that. Look, look, yesterday, the story's yesterday. This is, okay, we, we're not talking about 
who scored the most points combined with the 10 and 5 and the Steph Curry scored 50 in a game 7. Here's how many people have on the scored road. 50 in a game none. 7. The answer would be on, none. On the road none. 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 Not not Wilt, <laughs> not Jordan, none. Not Kareem, not Kobe, not LeBron, not Bernard King. No, no, no. 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 None. 50. He, he scored 50. Yeah. He stuck it in their faces. Look, people here, and everybody, people listen to you nationwide, listen to your podcast, but but people in the greater DMV, they don't don't know what a Golden State-Sacramento game feels like. I do, because I go to these things. And they hate the Warriors. They hate the Warriors more than they hate the Lakers. And they would have gotten the Lakers if they could have won yesterday. They hate the Warriors. They're separated by 90 miles. It's like Baltimore and Washington, except where both teams are good at once right now. And, wow. It it, I, I, no, we had, you had to go to this whole, who are you going to pick? Who you got? I'm going to go with the champs because I don't want to go against the champs because I don't want to go against Steph Curry. That was my answer yesterday before the game. I don't want to go against him. He scored 50. He hit shots that are like, are you kidding me? He's taking and making these shots in Game 7 on the road against a hated rival. It was it, – it's the – look, it, it, it's maybe the greatest performance not by Jordan that I've seen. It's, he and Jimmy Butler have owned the postseason so far. They've owned it. And there are a lot, there are a lot of great performances. But Steph Curry, man – I'm seriously. So Stephen A. and I started talking yesterday, and he said, does this mean you're going to put Steph Curry in your top ten players of all time, stuff like this postseason? And I said, you know what? I have always resisted that. I've always resisted. Who am I going to take out is my answer. All time. And I said, Stephen A., I, I, might, I might have to put him in there. And Stephen A. said, I might have to put him ahead of magic. And I go, okay, hold on now, Sparky. Because Magic's got the single greatest postseason game That's right. That's I've right. ever of my life, forty-two, fifteen, and seven. Game six, replacing Kareem in the finals, not the first round, the finals. So I'm unwilling to re, to supplant that. But Tony, what Steph Curry did yesterday was just—it's just a cold-blooded performance, and he is not just the greatest shooter of all time. He may be one of the ten greatest players of all time. I don't keep score that way. I don't care who's the greatest this or the greatest I, that. I don't care. But I watched him do something. I watched him do something that nobody had ever done on the what? road in a game seven. Yeah, I grant yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. first round, but it it was yeah. it was absolutely tremendous. Plus, the the kid Looney had twenty one rebounds. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I know you love they Sacramento and you think they're coming and you think they're going to be great, but they got they coming, beat. And they're going to be great if, because they seem to have the thing that is that Memphis doesn't have, the character. Yeah. And they got, look, they beat Golden State's brains out in San Francisco That's right. in game six. That's why I okay. thought they'd win easily. I did. No, 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 no. Come on now. No, dudes, I did. The dudes got rings. They got hardware. I did. I did. The other guys have hardware. I understand, but way, you know, people lose here and there. So they, they lose here and there. That was that do. was great. And and there was a lovely there was a lovely moment at the end of that game. 
And that was when Steve Kerr embraced with his former assistant and dear, dear friend, yeah, Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Yeah. And that was, and Steve Kerr beat his brains out because he did everything right yeah. and his players did everything right. But that yeah. was a lovely moment, didn't you think? Yes, because I know, I know what kind of friends they are. Yeah. I, I've, I've become over the years friends with Mike Brown. Um, and actually when I'm out in, in Golden State, often um, with Mark Spears, we will go and, and, and hang out with Mike Brown and have a bite. And uh, Mike, Mike Brown is just one hell of a guy. And I think that anyone who knows him has rooted for him and has reveled in his success this season as, as coach of the year, which he was voted. And he's got this team, and you hope they can cash in. You hope they can, you know, I think they broke through even though they lost this series because the way they played against the champs. But, you know, it's a long road. It's, it's, and, Tony, more teams can play than, than you and I are used to seeing play at that level at the NBA who can compete and contend. There's not, it's not a three-team league anymore or two- or three-team league. There's, there's teams, there's five, six teams that go into this thing now, and they, can, they think they can win. And Sacramento seems to be, I'm saying seems, I'm not carried away. I find them irresistible as a group of people. And De'Aaron Fox is, you know, I, thought, I said yesterday pregame that De'Aaron Fox could take a step toward becoming the new Steph Curry. But it's asking a lot to go and beat Steph Curry, who's still in his prime, and he couldn't do that. But I think that he is on the runway for that. I'm talking about in all ways. I'm talking about off the court as an intellect, as a league leader, as an iconic figure. He's got that in him per- personally, it seems to me. And so I find them irresistible as a story. Um, but, man, Steph Curry laid the wood to him yesterday. He was just, great. Just great. Just, you, know, you, know, you, have to re- you have to, to me, at this stage of our lives and my career, when you see something that you've never seen, you, you've been watching that league for 50 years. I've been watching it for 40 and when you see something you've never seen and are unlikely to ever see again, you take special note of it. So Steph Curry, I, I, I would have run across the court and kissed him if I'd been at that game covering it yesterday because I ain't never seen anything like that. No, that was great. That's, and there's a good reason for it because nobody's ever damn done it before. That was really good. All right, I'll talk yeah. to you later. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, will take a break. Jason LaConfora will join us. And review the NFL Draft, which was a huge ratings getter. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Tom in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania, who says, long time, first time, attaches a song, Ode to Merfolk, from my son Owen's band, Rock On Troglodyte. Rock on Troglodyte. Good name. With his friends Nathan and Eli. They all attend Sandy Run Middle School. And their band teacher, Mr. Horn, has had a couple of emails featured on the show. So maybe this shout-out will pop open the grade book for some extra credit. (laughs) They also have an album, The Trog of My Eye. 
All songs are available on Spotify. They're in middle school. <laughs> what? They're in middle school. Michael, if uh, Rock on Traga died and other bands want to send in their original music, no matter how young they are, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornizershow.com. Wow. They play in Jason Lock and Fora. We're going to review the draft. The draft honestly feels, Jason, like it was four years ago. Uh, it, it, do you know what I mean? It just feels like forever yeah. ago. Am I wrong on this? Um, no, it's, uh, we're on this sort of, uh, never ending. I I don't don't know. I almost feel like we're on a treadmill together and like the NFL has us constantly chasing, you know what I mean? Something else and the next thing. And they've always got some other bright, shiny object, like three to four weeks away. And I guess now it's the schedule announcement. Um, and we're all just kind of like, we can't get enough. You know what I mean? We're, Eleven we're all and a half chained to the machine. Yeah, 11 and a half million viewers on Thursday yeah. night. Okay, like you know these NBA games, these NHL right, games. Right, right. Forget that. They get no. maybe two. Maybe yes. two. Yes. The NFL draft got 11 and a half. I mean, you know, I, I know Wilbon hates the NFL because it's not the NBA and he does everything he can to promote the NBA at the expense of the NFL, but the numbers are clear. And people are watching. This is even, it's a non-show. There's nothing yes. going on, no, Jason. Not a damn thing. No. <laughs> no, we're dragging out former players to make draft picks, and we're hoping that some fan, you know what I mean, like some super fan who gets put out there, does something that, um, you know, blows up on, on social media. But, like, the reality is we're, we're – we're reading off names. You know, we're reading names. 11 and a half stuff. million people tune in. index card. Yes, right. To something. Days. We're doing that for three days. <laughs> and so. the, the action is and every the 15 is, minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's 11 and we're a half million. by it. Yes. Oh God. Unbelievable. All right. Let's get. It's a selection process. <laughs> let's get to the specifics of this. It should take, it should take a week. I think they should die. That's what's next. One the round three days isn't, not, isn't nearly long enough. Let's give each team three hours on the clock and let's milk it for a week. I think that would be genius. All right, we're going to ask three questions. I'm going to tell you all three just so it's easy for okay. you. One is the single best draft pick for a specific team. One is the biggest stunner oh, draft pick. And one is the single dumbest pick for a specific team. Um. Okay, single – well, I, I just think – Single dumbest pick. I'm gonna cheat. I'm just gonna put the Patriots like the whole kicker punter thing. Yeah, like they they just boy they're really trying to prove how smart they are. And they haven't been that smart for a while. They don't look as smart since this Tom Brady guy stopped playing quarterback <laughs> for them. I'm right. just gonna you know like I'm That's just right. gonna say it. Don't yeah. So that whole thing is just like the fact that the Patriots seem to be chasing everybody in their division and chasing their tail a little bit. Um, you know, and Belichick's chasing ghosts, and Belichick's chasing history, and Belichick's chasing narratives that he can't win without Tom Brady. That whole thing doesn't doesn't feel right. Um, whew, single best pick. Uh, look, the Anthony Richardson thing is the single most exciting pick. Right. And I will look. A lot of us end up getting caught with our pants down this time of year. And I I bought the Will Levis to the Colts thing. I, I bought it in February and March and April. 
and I guess now May, even though it didn't happen in April. Uh, now, would it have happened if quarterbacks went one, two, three? You know, would they have just taken Levis at four? I, I don't know. We'll never know, and they'll never totally tell the truth about it. And I guess it's a moot point. But this just is a whole lot different than what they had been doing at the quarterback position. And nobody knows that this is going to work. Like, there's, there's, it, it, it's impossible. Even kids with who played 40, you know, started 40 games in college, you, you don't know. Um, but I will applaud them for at least taking the shot and leaning into this proposition um, that this is one of the more unique athletes to ever play that position. And we're going to ride that wave, and we're going to try to get them on the field sooner rather than later. Look, would I feel better about it if I had a Jacoby Brissett or somebody like that to sort of hold it down? Um, in the interim, if he's not ready week one, week two, week six, I guess I would, but like people, they've already had Jacoby Brissett there. They seemingly, they've had every, you know, middling quarterback yeah. known to man there, you know, the last four years, five years. So I get it. And I forgot the middle question. I'm sorry. Uh, the, well, That's a lot to throw at me. Okay. Let me, let me go back to Anthony Richardson for a second, <clears throat> because he completed 53% of his passes in college. That stinks. I mean, this was, if you recall, <clears throat> when the Jets took Sam Darnold, everybody said, boy, he had a lot of interceptions yeah. in college, and he didn't really have a good completion percentage. And guess what? He stunk. Yeah. Okay? And it doesn't, it doesn't automatically, you know, just because you have better receivers, it doesn't automatically mean you are more accurate. So that's the only thing I would say about Anthony Richardson, right? I mean, that's the gamble. Oh, look, it's, it's boomer bust, but... Yeah. That if, if there was a team out there that if you look at what, you know, what their body of work had been at that position since the moment Andrew Luck said, I'm done with these guys. Yeah. Like, if anyone was screaming out for that, of trying it a different way. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to see what the carcass of Phillip Rivers looks like. We're going to see what the carcass of Carson Wentz looks like. We're going to take this Sam Ellinger dude and throw him out there for a minute. You know what I mean? We're going to pull Jeff Saturday off the couch in suburban Atlanta and see what he would look like coaching a football team for three months. Like, if you've done all that, you might as well embrace this. And I guess with, with Darnold, you know, you would say, like, there was a – I just think this is a lot different than that. Okay. Because the athlete is so much different and because he barely got coached in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're getting him so raw – and he can win in different ways. Even if he's not the most accurate guy in the world, there are so many different things you could do schematically and philosophically as an offensive football team to try to put your, yourself in position to win with this athlete than you could with someone like Sam Darnold. Okay, and that's good. The other question was, in your mind, what was? you said this was the most intriguing pick. Was there a best pick? Was there a pick where you said this is totally good? Um... I mean, it's just they're so young, and the evaluation yeah, process it's years away. is so is so sort of tricky. Um, best pick. I mean, I, I I think Hendon Hooker has a chance to win some football games for somebody, right? Uh, and when you get them where you get them, um, I, I kind of look at that and go, all right, like. Whether it's a red, full-blown redshirt year or, or whether he, like he says, he's going to be ready week one, I'm not so sure about that. And 
I'm not so sure that should be the goal for, you know what I mean, for, for his employer at this point in time. But he's incredibly engaging. Like, he, he's, he's a winner. I, I believe he's a winner. I believe he has a winning makeup. He has a winning mentality. I think he has a winning personality. Um, and I, I think he's going to prove some people wrong at the next level. That's fine. You know, I, was, I had a conversation this morning while I was walking the dog with somebody. And we were talking about the draft. And I just mm-hmm. said, if I ran a team, I would draft every single lineman on both lines yeah. in Georgia. And then I would draft Stetson Bennett the fourth because he didn't lose any games. <laughs> he yeah. didn't lose any games. You know? Well, Howie Roseman's kind of sort of doing that in Philadelphia. That's what I would Tony. do. He, he is collecting Georgia Bulldogs, and he's, he's doing it um, and increasingly at, at sort of value spots. And I wrote about this at the Washington Post. And, again, not everything you hear in the run-up to the draft turns out to be grounded in reality. That's just what goes on in scouting circles this time of year. But if I wrote it once, I wrote it four times. Jalen Carter was not getting past Howie Roseman. <laughs> this idea of a Jalen Carter, oh, the floor is going to fall out beneath him. And, you know, because of everything that surrounded him the last three months, he's going to find himself in the back half of the first round. No, 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 no. He was never getting past 10. It was never going to happen. Because Howie Roseman was going to see too much value there, and he was going to have his organization built up to a point where, even if it doesn't work out, like, how are you going to nitpick him doing that there and and instead he actually moved up a smidge to make sure he got him and then the nolan smith thing at the end of the first round is just kind of like another chef's kiss and then he gets you know he he he's not going to pay miles sanders and how could you after the only guy who could run the football for him in the super bowl was his quarterback but now he's going to get a, you know a shiftier more interesting back in deandre swift basically for nothing and while I have concerns about his um, availability and durability, when he's on the field, productivity ain't an issue. And in that scheme, uh, I think it's going to be really, really compelling. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Load up on Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I would. Um, it's, there's probably something to that. They play against Look, pros every day in practice on the yes, other side do. of the line. And load up on them in the trenches. Yeah, um, yeah. And for the second straight year, he takes a Georgia D tackle. And while the one last year didn't necessarily take the league by storm, I would say Jordan Davis's career is still largely unwritten. Oh, sure. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, Got to ask you, Lamar Jackson, back in Baltimore, Huge. takes the deal. What do you think? Look, it, they are one franchise with him and one without him. They are um, a football juggernaut that's going to beat you three of every four times they play you with him, and they're going to lose to you three of every four times without. Uh, It's impossible to overstate his importance, and I think that that transaction that kind of came out of nowhere because they did a really good job of keeping things under wraps the last seven or ten days as it picked up, um, that transaction is has the potential to be more meaningful and more impactful than anything that any NFL team has done the last six months. Um, it 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 just is. And we were just talking about Howie Roseman. I mean, they should be sending Howie Roseman, you know, bushels of crabs and you know a lifetime supply of Old Bay, and you know whatever infinite crab mallets. Uh, <laughs> because if he had not made it an organizational 
objective to get his quarterback signed for the first day of their offseason program in Philadelphia. You know, if he and Jalen Hurts had said, let's just get it done before training camp or let's just get it done before week one, I got news for you. Lamar Jackson would still be sending out cryptic tweets on, you know, Twitter, and Eric DaCosta, their GM, would still have sleepless nights and his hair would be falling out because they would be stuck in purgatory with Lamar Jackson. And the single most impactful uh, sort of data point that occurred in this entire, or, you know, saga, organizational saga that dated back years was the Eagles' ability to get a deal done very quickly and very quietly um, and very amicably with their running quarterback before, you know, and, and, and then that set the table for these two sides to say, well, wait a minute, let's really, let's look at that and see what that means for us, and let's see if that can bring us together, and let's see if that can put a meaningful structure in place that we could all live with, and it did, and that's huge for Baltimore sports fans because yeah. – Lamar Jackson was an absolute supernova. He's a force of nature that took this city by storm, that took the league by storm, that made a lot of kids in a lot of parts of this city that don't see much sunshine and sunlight get, get at least a ray for three hours on Sunday afternoons. And if that had fallen apart and he had left here after just five years, um, I think it would have been a shame on a lot of levels. It, it, it would have been... Um, a blight on that organization. So I applaud them for getting it done, and there is definitely a certain level of all's well that ends well in this town. But let's not pretend they didn't waste five years with this guy making just $33 million, asking him to go out there with whatever's left of Des Bryant and whatever's left of Deshaun Jackson and whatever Sammy Watkins has to offer twice to try to win football games because all that happened, and it was pretty shameful in its own right. Um, but I'm, I'm fired up. You know, I got an 11-year-old. Um, our youngest guy is still very much sort of in the full-blown sort of fandom that you get with fifth graders. And, you know, he's on top of the world that his quarterback's going to be here for five more years. It's so good. It's good. kudos to the Ravens for finally getting it done. Thank you, Jason. Plug your Thanks, radio guys. show. Plug your radio show. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can listen to more rambling like this from 2 to 6 every weekday. Well, it's 5.30 some days if the Orioles have a 6.30 start. But regardless, we had a lot of fun stuff to talk about in Baltimore sports between the Ravens and Lamar and their draft and the juggernaut that is the Baltimore baseball Orioles. And you can listen to us on 105.7 The Fan or www.1057thefan.com or the Odyssey app. Jason Lockenfora, boys and girls, is just the best and has come up with a great name for a rock and roll band, Infinite Crab Mallets. We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. There's this call that's been on my mind all the time. Subaru. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> Joe Arrow's great. Ooh. 
It's got so much cargo space. We're gonna save the human race. Is that is this Phil Collins song? Oh yes, yes. I will take it shopping to Whole Foods. <laughs> All we'll drive it includes tons of bumper stickers are on the back to let you know I love my kids and that's a fact. Su Subaru. <laughs> I heart, I hate those things. I hate those things. I heart. Thought he's gonna throw it. Twenty six point two. This is just brilliant. Uh, Joe Arrow singing it, but all, all the credit for the lyrics, well, most of the credit goes to Amanda Hallam in West Warwick, Rhode Island. She helped out with the song. It was her idea? It was her the Ocean State? Joe. Thank you for that. Fantastic. All right. Um, so that's just about it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say. Raindrops have fallen on my head. I love this. It, it's such... Okay, so this is when Paul Newman is riding around on the bicycle with Catherine <laughs> Ross. Yes. This is, you know, this is Butch and Sundance. If you're under the age of 40, maybe you've never seen its movie. Oh, go watch it's it today. It's just such a great movie. It's so great. Raindrops have fallen on my head, and just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling... So I just did me some talking to the sun, and I said I didn't like the way he got things done, sleeping on the job. Those raindrops have fallen on my head. They keep falling. I'm pretty sure that's a Burt Backrack, Hal David song. Yes. And I know it's B.J. Thomas who yep. sang the song. Yeah. And it's a brilliant song in a brilliant movie. Who are those guys? <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Jason Lockenfora. Thanks to our sponsors, Game Time Books, Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please... Leave a review. So I, I, can, I, I, can I thank Bethesda Bagels? Yeah, please. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. If um, Yeah, Bethesda Bagels. We love got the bagel sandwiches today. Always excited about that. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com, forward a location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. So I went through I, last night after the basketball game and after the baseball game, I just went through email, and then like, I threw out a lot of email because they're from, honestly, January yeah. and February and March, and, and I don't... If we didn't get to them, we just didn't get to them. Send in more email. Yeah. You're not being discriminated against. We just didn't get to them. But this is the part of the mailbag that people don't understand. That there's a, there's a volume to it. Yeah, it's just so many. <laughs> and and I day. read what I can, yeah. and I go through them. From Jeremiah in Colorado Springs. You respect wool? Remember when I said that? <laughs> I go to wool. So do you respect wool? I admire cashmere. How does Rory sleep at night? I'd assume on a big pile of money. From Roberta Poling. Many years ago, I had moved from my small town in West Virginia to San Diego, California. I was 26. I'm almost 71 now. You do the math. I was there for a few weeks and went out to a bar with some friends. I was asked for my ID, but I only had my West Virginia license. The waitress looked at it, said her grandfather lived in Fairmont. I said I went to college in Fairmont. She said her grandfather was a professor at the college. I asked his name. Turns out her grandfather had been my advisor for four years. <laughs> Blew my mind. I'd gone 3,000 miles from home and met this woman. From Howard Turoff in New Orleans, it says... Yeah, New Orleans, L.A., NOLA. That's NOLA, baby. Back in the 70s, I worked at Price Waterhouse with a guy named Jerry, with whom I've lost touch. This is Jerry's story, but it's so great I've retold it many times. Jerry went to college in upstate New York, a SUNY school, I think. His girlfriend at the time was in school in Atlanta. Jerry and his girlfriend used to tell their respective roommates all about the roommates of their significant others and how perfect they would be for one another, but they never met. 
Ten years later, while living in Washington, D.C., Jerry's former roommate went on a blind date and wound up going back to her apartment. Sitting in the living room, his eye caught a photo on the mantel. Why do you have a photo of Jerry, he asked. That was my college roommate's boyfriend. They were perfect for each other and eventually married. <laughs> Beat that. You can't just drop in a SUNY reference without naming names. You got a name right. school. Yeah, From David Smoller in San Diego. A few years back, I researched and wrote a magazine article about my late father's unusual World War II work in the Philippines. He served as an army doctor setting up civilian hospitals in the wake of our retaking the archipelago from the Japanese in 1944 and 45. Last fall, I came across a book on Amazon whose title was the name of the town on Lete, L-E-Y-T-E. I hope that's pronounced correctly. Lady, I think. Lady Island, yes. where my father spent several exhausting months and whose co-author had a name similar to that of a Filipina mentioned in his wartime letters. I ordered the book. What a great surprise that the co-author turned out indeed to be the chief nurse at his first local hire for the hospital there. An even greater surprise was to learn that she was alive and vivacious at 101 years old, living just up the road in North Hollywood. I spent a wonderful afternoon absorbing her vivid memories of my father's work among the detritus, is that pronounced correctly, of war nearly 80 years ago. I felt a sensation of having entered a time portal to the past, standing alongside as my father sutured wounds, delivered babies, and coped with pointless deaths. Her recollections gave me goosebumps, unlike any other time in my life. From Mary Faye Randolph. Greg Garcia needs to be a regular, if not in person and on the phone. Don't you think we would do this? We just don't want to wake him up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Not only does he tell some of the funniest stories, but his voice yes. is so fun to listen to. Yes. I don't know another way to put it. He just has a voice that's interesting and pleasant, yet always with a touch of barely hidden sarcasm and irony. Yes, he's made millions on that voice. Because he uses it, he thinks in that voice and writes these great shows. I never received official word that I had been named the official librarian of the podcast, but I think I should be, seeing that I was Chuck and Roxy episode 10. That's top 10, no matter if you're using Frostberg math or Gary Braun math. <laughs> Shout out to fellow Little's cousin-in-law, Matt Williams, my buddy Dan Kilday. That my cousin would marry a Little might not be a million to one shot, but the way Dan and I met might be. Don't believe me? Just listen to episode 10. That's what we call a tease in the business. <laughs> From Jarrett Seiberg or Seberg in Bethesda. This is a tough email to write as I do enjoy the evolution of the show from sports at WTEM 570 to a podcast on your medical escapades. That said, the Wednesday shoe segment worried me. Hokas are amazing, but they have a low drop as the heel and toes are more level than traditional running shoes. Low or zero drop is the latest craze in running shoes. And by latest, I mean it started 15 years ago. Your New Balance 990s were first introduced in 1982 and have a much bigger drop. The running community is full of stories of people who get plantar fasciitis and other leg problems by switching too quickly from normal shoes to shoes with zero or low drop as their leg muscles were not used to the extra stretch with each step. The solution is to transition gradually or maybe just stick with the grandpa shoes. Can this make me the official zero drop running shoe expert for the show? We should get some feedback on that from people who sell shoes. Sure. Because that's sort of interesting. From Dr. Oscar Ruiz. And this was written in March, so when he says on Friday's show, it was a long time ago. Right. While talking about the Murdaugh and Idaho murders, Mr. Tony said that, quote, most of the people who they arrest for murder, they did it. Come on, man. Are we forgetting the most famous case of the wrongfully accused? Just to refresh your old guy memory, your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. From Dr. Oscar Ruiz, an assistant professor of biology at Houston Christian University, the official geneticist of the Tony Kornheiser show. I just want to do one more. From Joe Magnew in Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, or Bethel. I'm not exactly sure how that's pronounced. I've resisted writing in. This is in March as well. 
figuring you were done mentioning the famous Promanti sandwich, but it keeps coming back. <laughs> While Gary Monday from Edgewater, Maryland, technically gave you the correct pronunciation, saying it like that will show you're from out of town and not a true Yinzer, Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Those are people native Pittsburgh. Yes. Are called Yinzers. Don't ask me why. Ask any local to pronounce Promantis, and they will say Permanis. Also, never get the cheesesteak. It's not a true measure of the greatness of their sandwiches. Let, re- let me recommend the Capicola and cheese. And on that note, if you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. I'm traveling light, got everything I need. Got a little bottle of Moonlight and a little bag of weed. I saw Bellum novel Cause I really like to read I'm traveling light I'm a creature of the road Got no regrets Gave up my postal code And cigarettes I'm doing much better With a touch of Tourette's I'm traveling light Just need a clean room In a Motel 6 Not too close to downtown, but not out in the sticks. I need my pen and teller, magic kit, so I can do my tricks. Got my favorite pillow, which I call Mr. Fluffy. Four kinds of allergy pills in case I get stuffy. A pound of Epsom salts, cause my ankles get puffy. I'm traveling light. I got two pairs of socks and shorts in my little valise. A couple of passports and my sex doll Denise. I'm staying real quiet so they don't call the police. I'm traveling light. I need my sedatives and my antipsychotics. A high speed parallax motor because I'm into robotics. And my little red Speedo, I like to do. Aquatics, I'm traveling late. Got my CPAP machine and my George Foreman grill. A copy of Lolita and my little blue pills. A Navajo blanket in case I get a chill. I'm traveling late. Got my margarita mix and my rusty old blender. A fifth of tequila. In case I go on a bender, my attorney's number. In case I want to change my gender, I'm traveling light. Star Wars bedspread, I'm traveling light. 